You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a pre-training camp edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Movie Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and we are coming to you on Tuesday, July 26th, the day that uh, Giants veterans report for training camp with the first practice on Wednesday. So we are basically off and running with the 2022 New York Giants season. And here to uh, to help me break down some of the things that uh, that we might see, some of the storylines, some of the the training camp position battles that uh, that we might witness is Patricia Trainer of Locked On Giants and Giants Country, our our good friend and uh, and someone we love to tease, but uh, but we we appreciate Patty for coming on. How you doing? I'm good, Ed. Are you ready to run the uh, sprints for the conditioning drill? No. Absolutely not. (laughs) No, no, not running sprints, not doing it. Not in this weather, right? (laughs) Nope. I'm sorry. Back during, uh, back during OTAs, you know, Brian Dable had his shot to sign me. I offered, I offered, I know, I I offered, I offered, and and he said no. I heard. And I, and I I heard you were crushed that you were rejected. I mean, I can still throw it, Patty. I mean, you know, I, 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 I can still throw some of these, some of these quick throws and horizontal stuff that they're running in this offense. I can still throw that stuff. <laughs> now, now oh. the down, the downfield stuff might be an issue, but, but I, and, and I'm not, and I'm, and I'm not doing any design quarterback runs, but I, but I can still throw the short stuff. But if you do, you better <laughs> slide feet first. Yeah, no, no problem there, Patty. <laughs> I'm getting down before anybody hits me. <laughs> oh, but uh, hey, so let's uh, so let's talk a little bit about training camp. And just so folks know, um, I did do an appearance on, on Patty's show on Locked On Giants that is also posting on Tuesday morning. We uh, hope to hit a few different topics here on. Uh, on this show. So, uh, so let's get right to it, Patty. And, you know, one of the things that, that people always look forward to when it comes to training camp and let shoot, before I even get into that, how pumped up are you that we're going to actually see fans behind us and hear some noise at training camp for the first time in a while? Oh my gosh. What a difference that is going to make because, you know, sometimes it's like you, you, you miss that energy, you know, the fans mm-hmm. bring that energy and, you know, training camp for us can be hard in a way that, you know, we're out there in the heat, we're standing still, we're trying to focus, you know, it, it, it's like, it becomes monotonous almost sometimes. 
And when you have that energy of the fans behind you, it, I don't know about you, but it really, you know, juices me up and I'm like, okay, this is awesome. You know, I, I, yeah. I I'm going to push through this and I'm going to, you know, forget it. it. It takes your mind off the, the elements and just really, to me, sharpens your focus and your awareness. It's just different because with no fans there, it's, it's just another practice. Yeah. It, it's, it's not training camp. So, yep. so I'm, I'm pumped up about that, but Patty, what I was going to say, one of the, the things that people always look forward to is the different position battles that, uh, you know, the, the, the fights for roster spots, you know, who's going to be, who's going to win, you know, whatever position battle. Um, so let's talk about, you know, some of the position battles that I see. And, uh, you know, I'll ask for your thoughts on those and, and you can, you know, you can bring up anything that, that I don't really, you know, touch on. And one of the, the position battles that I look at is, is the wide receiver spot. And people are crucifying me at big blue view because I keep saying that Darius Slayton's roster spot is in jeopardy. You know, not that he won't make the roster, but that, that there are solid reasons to think that that he may have a problem making the roster. And obviously, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson, and Kadarius Tony are making the roster if all four guys are healthy, you know, and especially if Shepard is ready to start the season. But but I couldn't tell you who the rest of the guys are going to be out of that group. Just your, your thoughts on on that battle. Yeah, well, first off, I mean, Sterling Shepard, I think, is going to be the key to Darius Slayton making the roster. If he's not ready to go, I think Darius Slayton, his roster chances improve. Mm -hmm. um, now, whether he finishes the year with the team, that's another story because, you know, you, you will have a guy who's maybe your third or fourth receiver on, on your depth chart making $2.5 who doesn't contribute on special teams. That's kind of hard to carry and justify. Um, now, if Sterling Shepard is ready, then, yeah, I, I agree with you that perhaps Darius Slayton, his, his roster spot might be in jeopardy. But here's the thing with Darius Slayton. He's been injured the last couple of years. He's also, if you watch him, he's lost confidence in himself. Last year, he, I, I can recall many times where he had focus drops and just did things that you just didn't see his rookie season. I thought in the springtime, he looked a little bit better, a little bit more focused, sharper. Um, I'm not saying that that means he's going to be an automatic addition to the roster, but I thought he looked for the first time more like he did in his rookie season when he started to get that confidence after the rough start that he had. Remember when he was dropping everything and then he started to pick things up and build that chemistry with Daniel Jones. So I started to see a little bit from him, uh, from that version of him. Regarding the bottom of the roster, you know, it's interesting. The Giants have receivers in all shapes, sizes, skill set, flavors, positions. I think what we're going to probably need to look at is, is who could be the most versatile. You can't have a guy who is solely a slot receiver because of his size or because of his skill set. You want guys that you can move around the formation. You know, we have seen in spring practices Brian Dable and Mike Kafka move guys all over the formation. They really value versatility. That is the theme of this roster. And it's really the theme across the league. The more you can do, the better. So, you know, in terms of who can do what, I think it's still to be determined. 
but you're going to look and you're going to see receivers asked to do a lot in this offense. And you're going to just have to see, okay, who functions well as, as a slot, who functions well on the outside, who's functioning well as a downfield blocker, who's functioning well as a on contested catches. So there's going to be a lot of um, factors that go into determining the bottom of the depth chart. I couldn't give you any names right now because, you know, we saw limited action, but, you know, special teams is going to factor in, you know, you would think like a CJ board who was a gunner, you would think he would be a, an automatic, you know, it was Richie James, who's a, who's a return specialist. Is he going to be an automatic? Not necessarily. I mean, it's going to, it, you know, it's going to be an interesting battle for sure. Another interesting battle for me is, is tight end. And, we, you know, we saw a lot of Daniel Bellinger in the spring, and we know that Bellinger is going to start camp on the pup list with a quad injury. And you know, cross your fingers that that doesn't keep him out for, for very long. We know that uh, rookies missing practice reps is not a good thing. Mm. But but I look at I look at that tight end room, Patty, and 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 I can guarantee that Daniel Bellinger's on the fifty three man roster to open the season. There are six other guys in that tight end room. I couldn't tell you out of those six guys who's going to mm. who the other guys are going to be. I know that the Giants brought in Ricky Seals Jones and Jordan Akins. I. I can't shake the feeling that at least one of those guys is not making the roster. Yeah, I'm with um, you. So, but but I don't know. I mean, I, there are, there are three undrafted free agents. Uh, you know, you have thoughts on the tight end room. I agree with you that Bellinger will probably emerge at some point as TE one. I think Ricky Seals Jones should be safe. I can't imagine he won't make the roster. Behind them, though. It's a toss-up. You're right. Is it going to be Jordan Akins? Is it going to be Austin Allen? Is it going to be Andre Miller, who they're converting, you know, from tight end to, I'm sorry, from receiver to tight end? Is it going to be Chris Myrick? The thing you've got to remember with the tight ends is that Brian Dable doesn't really use a lot of 13 and 12 personnel sets. So maybe they don't carry as many tight ends. Maybe they say, okay, you know what? We're going to carry two on the 53-man roster, carry an extra receiver or an extra offensive lineman, and put a couple guys on the practice squad. But um, And then there's also the fullback. Let's not forget about that because the fullback is going to factor into this equation. They didn't keep Eli Penny. They have this kid, Jeremiah Hall, who can run the ball, who can serve as kind of like a H-back in, in, in certain uh, scenarios. So that could be a factor as well. So yeah, it's absolutely muddied and um, you know, there are guys, Austin Allen intrigues me, Andre Miller's size intrigues me, but you know, how far along are they? And we saw the pass catching aspect of it, but we didn't see the blocking. And we've got to remember that these guys are going to have to block in addition to catch passes. Yeah. You mentioned Jeremiah Hall and I'm, I'm insanely intrigued by Hall for the simple reason that he played two years of fullback at Oklahoma and two years of tight end at Oklahoma. And the Giants don't have a true fullback on this roster. You talked about versatility in terms of wide receivers. We saw the same thing with the tight ends. There are going to be times when the tight ends are going to be asked to lead block. There are going to be times when they're asked to split out wide. And and Hall's skill set just intrigues me because of the number of things he can do. Yeah, me as well. And, and you know, I'm curious to see, because, you know, I think, 
Dable has always had a fullback, if I'm not mistaken. I know they have in, in, in Kansas Buffalo, City. They did. Yeah, in, in Kansas, Kansas City, City they, they did, did as well. So, you know, the fullback, as we once knew it, where it was just this big bruiser type who just, you know, go ahead and plow and blow guys off the line of scrimmage, that's kind of gone away a little bit and evolved more towards a, a hybrid runner slash tight end slash lead blocker, if you will. So the fullback does so much more in today's game than maybe, you know, 10, 20 years ago. The the other offensive thing that I think we need to talk about is offensive line. And I think, you know, we we pretty much know, you know, coming out of the spring, what the offensive line is going to look like. You've got Thomas and Neal at the tackles. You've got Feliciano at center. You've got Mark Kluinski at one guard. And throughout the spring, it looked like Shane Lemieux is a is a pretty heavy favorite to win that left guard job. I mean, I think Josh Azuda, the third round pick, might have a chance there, but it, it but it looked like Lemieux's job to lose, you know, in the spring. the The question for me is, with all of the the various veterans that that Joe Shane brought in. I don't know who the backup guys are going to be beyond Azuda and probably Matt Gano. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea who else who else makes that roster. Well, here's the thing with the offensive line, Ed. I mean, last year the cupboard was bare. Mm-hmm. Name who the Giants had in reserve that was young and being developed. They they basically went with veterans and figured, okay, we'll have the veterans back up the young guys. That was initially the plan until injuries and retirement blew that plan, you know, sky high. So this year, Joe Shane did it the right way, in my opinion. Okay, he's got two young bookend tackles, like you mentioned. The interior is mostly veterans. You know, Shane Lemieux was still a young guy, but, you know, that that position is not locked down by any stretch of the imagination. He is the incumbent, yes, but he still has to, you know, secure it. They have a bunch of young guys now that they can, you know, have in reserve or stick on the practice squad to develop. Because remember, a lot of the veterans they sign, Feliciano, Jamil Douglas, Max Garcia, they're signed to one-year deals, which means that they're probably going to be placeholders. And in time, you're going to want to replace them with somebody younger coming up through the system. So the offensive line, you know, they finally restocked that cupboard. Now, if they have quality ingredients, that remains to be seen. But they finally put young players in there. And I think their approach to building that unit is much better and more strategically sound than what the Giants tried to do last year. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. 
Do more with Viator. All right, Patty, let's uh, let's turn our attention to the defense. A couple of uh, of position battles to to talk about there, but before we get into the position battles, I want to ask you for your reaction to uh, some of the comments that Xavier McKinney made in a Sunday piece in the New York Post. Um, basically, there's no other way to read you know, some of the things that that a very candid Xavier McKinney said to Steve Serby. There's no other way to read them than that they were shots at Joe Judge. Mm-hmm. So just just your thoughts on on some of the things that that McKinney said and whether you were surprised by any of it. I can't say I was surprised because you kind of picked up hints that that was going on. Am I surprised that he came out and said it so bluntly? Maybe, but you know, listen, you always see that happen. I think when, when a coaching staff gets fired and a new staff comes in and guys say, oh, you know, this new staff is great because everybody's in a honeymoon period. That said, I mean, you kind of saw towards the end of the year signs that maybe Joe Judge and his staff were just really pulling in the reins, so to speak, on the players. You know, you mentioned uh, on my show the, 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 the consecutive fourth and inches, the quarterback sneak, which was ridiculous. Um, you mentioned the conservatism, you know, putting the, the, the shackles, if you will, on Daniel Jones and not letting him take deep shots down the, the, the field. Uh, there were other instances as well. The, the defense, you know, we talk about the defense. They were more reactive as opposed to being proactive. So there were signs that, you know, something was, was amiss there. So I'm not surprised that, that McKinney confirmed them because we saw all this. I am surprised, though, that he would just, you know, come right out and say, hey, you know, this is how it was. And I admire him for it. You know, I appreciate it from, from a perspective because it validates what you and I and everybody else saw and suspected. But, um, you know, I, I'm also at the same time kind of a believer and take the high road. You know, what's in the past is in the past. Focus on the future. And, you know, what, what good does it do to take a shot at, at, at a group that's no longer here to defend itself? So, so let's get into a couple of the position battles uh, on the defensive side. And since we mentioned Xavier McKinney, let's go back to front. Let's talk about, uh, and I'm going to talk about the defensive backfield. We're not going to just make it cornerback, you know, and safety in separate in separate uh, buckets. We'll talk about the defensive backfield. Um, you know, how concerned are you the way Wink Martindale plays defense? How concerned are you about what the Giants have back there? And if you were to look into your crystal ball, um, you know, who are some of the guys that might emerge, you know, at least as, as depth players, you know, and I mean, we know it's going to be McKinney. We know it's going to be Love. We know it's going to be Dane Belton. We know some of the guys that that should make the roster at corner. So, just your your thoughts on what they have there and and, and whether they have enough. Well, ideally, in a pass rush situation, you want the front and the back ends to work hand in hand. You don't want to have to put too much onus on the back end or, or vice versa. I think, however, what the Giants have done is they have significantly boosted their pass rush. They have created a situation now where they have at least three deep. You know, you can make the argument they have three deep with uh, Ojulari, Thibodeau, 
Leonard Williams up front. You've got, uh, and then you throw in Ellerson Smith, Quincy Roche, who should make the team, O'Shane Zimenez, who's going to compete. So they've got talent up front. And I think, and this is just my two cents, my educated guess here, they have tried to create a case of pick your own poison offensive line, you know, opposing offensive line, pick your own poison. Who are you going to double up out of these pass rushers? And by creating maybe a situation where a guy is doubled, now you've got guys who have to win that one-on-one battle, or maybe you have, you know, you're going to have too many uh, rushers against not enough blockers. So that's what I think they're trying to do, trying to take some of the onus off of that that defensive backfield so that they don't have to hold the coverage as long as maybe they've had to do in the past. Not the ideal way to do things, but that's what I think they're trying to do. Um, At safety, you know, it's interesting. Um, The two guys that I think are going to compete for that fourth spot are Trenton Thompson and Yusef Corker. And each guy fits a different way. And it's too close to call right now. It's really going to depend on, you know, what Martindale is going to want from each guy, but they each, you know, bring a different set of skill set. Like one guy is a little more uh, experienced in coverage than the other, whereas another guy is more experienced in man to man coverage as opposed to the other. So um, that remains to be seen. Now a quarterback, really, I don't think it's, it's that big of a, a change. Now, obviously they're without, James Bradbury, but remember, they lost a lot of guys due to injury. They, they had Aaron Robinson miss most of the year. Darnay Holmes missed most of the year. I mean, Odori Jackson was injured. So other than really Cordell Flott and, and the two veterans they added, Dorsey and Canaday, who I think have experience with uh, in Martindale's system, not major changes to that, that group. So it's not that they don't have talent. I think the lack of experience is what concerns me the most when you're talking about the, <clears throat> excuse me, the cornerbacks. So uh, again, really, you know, it's, it's too close to call because how are they going to want to play it? Are they going to want to have, you know, Flott challenge Darnay Holmes for the slot position? You know, Cordell Flott played a lot of slot in, in at LSU. Are they going to, you know, move guys around? Are, are they going to play sides? Are they going to flip sides? You know, what are they going to do? Um, I, I'm not so sure. And I think what they end up doing is going to tell us who might have the competitive edge. It's just one of those things you got to see play out, I think. Yeah, I I wanted to ask you also about Aaron Robinson quickly. I am not as as worried about Aaron Robinson on the outside as some people might be. The reality of it is when the Giants drafted him, they told us they drafted him to play the slot. But when you look at what he did at UCF, he played quite a bit on the outside. He probably played more on the outside than he did on the inside. You look at his snaps played from last year. His snaps played from last year, there were significantly more on the outside. And again, I don't think that was the plan. It was probably injury related, but there were significantly more on the outside than on the inside. So I don't know, you know, how well he will do out there, but, but it's not as much of an adjustment for him as people may think, because you have in your head that he was drafted as a slot corner. He's been out there a lot. So, yeah. And and the other thing about Aaron Robinson is he's what six foot one, six, two. 
mm-hmm. what does Wink Martindale like in his cornerbacks? He likes length. size and length. Mm-hmm. All right. And, so they and, just got rid of Bradbury because of salary cap reasons who had size and length. Now mm-hmm. they're replacing him with another guy, albeit less experienced, who has size and length. So, you know, Jerome Henderson spoke about that. He, he actually said uh, in the springtime that he believes that moving Robinson to the outside is going to help him play faster. And he's going to benefit. He's going to have the sideline to help him. Whereas, you know, when you're in the middle in that slot, you really don't have the sideline as your friend. Um, so, you know, I'm not too concerned other than, you know, I need Robinson to stay healthy. Right. That's probably the concern I could say I have about the whole team, but right. especially those defensive backs. All right, Patty, last thing on the defensive side. I actually, rather than a position battle, I want to ask you about two specific players. You mentioned one already in O'Shane Zimenez. Now, Zimenez is a guy that 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 I think is going to be on the outside looking in when you when you build this 53-man roster. And the other guy that I want to ask you about is Tay Crowder on the inside next to Blake Martinez. Um, you Just your thoughts on whether, you know, when it comes to Crowder, uh, on whether guys like me, Micah McFadden and, and Darian Beavers could wind up, uh, you know, taking some of his playing time. And, and again, your thoughts on whether Zimenez has a shot to make this roster. Yeah, let me start with Crowder first. I think that, you know, historically, we haven't seen the Giants st- play a lot of snaps in their base defense. So if you got to pick a guy who's going to be on the field more between Crowder, who's the incumbent starter, and Blake Martinez, who's coming back, I think Martinez probably gets more of the snaps. In the sub packages, you know, Martindale likes to blitz. He likes physical guys. And when you think of guys that blitz, Micah McFadden, he did that a lot at Indiana. So I could see a situation where maybe Tay Crowder gets, you know, is on the outside looking in, in favor of, you know, of a Micah McFadden and Darian Beavers, who, you know, he has his own skill set that he brings and special teams is going to be a factor as well. But, you know, I go back to the physical aspect of the game. And I just think, you know, based on film, and I know college film is, is, is a little different than what you see in the NFL, but McFadden and, and uh, Beavers, very physical linebackers. And I think they're better fits for what Wink Martindale ultimately wants to do on defense. So, yeah, I, I mean, I like Tate Crowder. I think he's a good player. You know, his, if you could take his coverage skills, which weren't horrible, I mean, they weren't great, but they weren't horrible, and kind of mix them in with the physical play of, you know, maybe of McFadden and Beavers, you might have the ideal linebacker, but those, those linebackers are rare. As for Zimenez, you know, I like the kid. Let me start off by saying I like the kid, Um, but injuries have derailed him. Um, He had that great rookie season. He hasn't been able to build on it. You know, his run defense, I think has always been kind of a problem and you can't really be a one trick pony in, in today's NFL, you have to be able to do multiple things well. And I think it speaks to the fact that the Giants have drafted over him. If you think about it, you know, they added Ellerson Smith last year, this year, you know, Thibodeau, they have Quincy Roche. I mean, I know the, I know Ernie O'Corsi, the, the former general manager, used to always say you can never have too many pass rushers. I'm not so sure that Zimenez is going to make this team 
Um, he's going to need a really, really strong camp and maybe some injuries in front of him to have a legitimate shot. But um, yeah, I, I think they're going to go in a different direction at that spot. I do as well. All right, Patty. I think uh, I I think that's that's pretty much everything that that I wanted to cover. Giants fans, we will uh, we'll be out at training camp on on Wednesday. Patricia will be out there doing uh, doing what she does so well for for Giants country and and, and locked on Giants. And yours truly will be out there uh, just trying to keep up with the competition. <laughs> we'll have uh, we'll you got to get a- those sprints in, Edward. It's too late. I'm already, it's too late for me, Patty. <laughs> it's too late. They're not going to help. I'm not going to be ready. I, I, I'm going to start list. on pup then. I'm going to start on the pup list. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm claiming a hamstring injury. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm going to start uh, on the pup list. With you? What are we going to do with you? I don't know. Something. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know, man. But I'll, I'll, I'll be there. You'll <laughs> be there. Fans will be there. Brian Dable and Joe Shane will be there. And uh, it should be a really interesting 2022 training camp really interesting uh, 2022 season so uh patty will be uh will be covering uh everything for you guys at, at giants country i'll be doing it at big blue view so uh be- between the two of us i don't know why you guys read anything else or listen to anything else so uh <laughs> see patty i can say nice things about you every so often i, I know I, I i'm gonna have to check your check you to make sure that you're okay you didn't ha- yeah. you didn't suffer any uh, blows to the head i hope uh not that i know of okay because I, I mean I, I i and i am talking to ed valentine right you're not a, yes. you're not a yes you're not yes. somebody yes, you okay are. okay yes you are just last last time last time i checked last okay. time i checked even <laughs> just though... wanted to check because you know nice oh, things for right. yeah no yeah, folks, he, say, he says know. a lot of nice things about me he does just, just... usually not usually not on air not on air exactly <laughs> so people have All to right. take my word for it <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Patty, we'll see you on Wednesday. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to uh, to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Like and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. Check us out on Instagram, on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Join the community at Big Blue View if you haven't done that already. Take care of each other. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, mom. (laughs) No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.